0: Hello and welcome to edition number 1855 of the Whitney Talking News, which we're recording in our homes rather than the Methodist Church due to the coronavirus restrictions. It's Thursday the 11th of March and I edited this edition. Our recording controls are operated by Rob Upspring and our readers are Mick Walsh, Marion Pomeroy and Angela James. So our first item comes from Angela and is regarding brother aims to build legacy.
1: The twin brother of a Whitney father who took his own life has opened up about the events that led to his death. Oliver Cousins, known as Ollie, lost his life after being hit by a train on January 2020, aged just 32. Identical twin, Scott, said the pair had to deal with their mother being diagnosed with terminal cancer and the death of their cousin, on top of Ollie's own mental health problems. Now, more than a year later, Mr. Cousin says there are positives to be taken, including a charity football tournament in his brother's honor. Mr. Cousin said Ollie was a very special and unique and sensitive person. My goal is to preserve his legacy, and I feel him every day. He added, we were told in August 2019 that our mum had metastatic secondary breast cancer after having breast cancer in 2013 it was such a relief when she overcame that in 2014 but then we got the dreadful news in October we also lost our cousin Henry who was only 30 Ollie had that grief and the anticipated grief for our mum and he felt like he couldn't talk about it Our mum was given two months to live. Ollie was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, but this was something extremely minor. He was able to give his undivided attention towards helping others, a unique gift he was blessed with alongside his vibrant and colourful personality. Of the deaths of his brother, mother and cousin, Mr Cousins said, It was a nightmare. Your whole life goes upside down and a part of me died. It was so surreal it was complete and utter devastation. One of the hardest things about it was that, with the lockdown coming not long after my mum died, we couldn't see family members or have a proper funeral for her, so we didn't grieve properly. Mr Cousins has now joined up with a mental health charity, the Lions Barber Collective, to organise a football tournament this summer in memory of his brother, The goal of the tournament is to raise awareness and mental health, particularly within men, and for men to speak up and spot signs of depression, Mr Cousins said. The mind is invisible, but it comes out with facial expressions and body language, and it's about spotting these signs. 21st century man is changing. It was seen as a weakness to open up, but now we're more sensitive and aware. Ollie felt like he couldn't talk about his grief but the charity provides a place for men to talk and my message is if you feel like you can't talk there are charities out there that listen. Mr Cousins is open and frank about his own problems. He said I'm still grieving for my mum and then with Ollie there was the shock of no longer having my twin brother. Some days I really struggled to cope and with time I hope it gets easier. There are positives to come out of this and keeping all this legacy and raising awareness for grief, cancer and mental health is one.
0: Thank you. And now we go to Mick for our next story, which is your chance to live in a piece of World War military history. And this is going to be read by Mick.
2: Residents who moved into new homes on a former RAF base will be buying their own little piece of military history The base at Stanton Harcourt has been converted into a luxury development of 66 homes, while the air raid and blast shelters, guardhouse, original water tower and the bomber training buildings have all been restored. Street names reflect the historic planes of the time, including Whitley Way and Halifax Way, and former crew lockers are even being currently renovated. A heritage trail, which will incorporate the airfield runway, is also planned. Account manager Helen Chambers, 48, who lives on the new development, said, We have a bunker here, and the school children bury their own time capsules in it. It's a good place to live because we are part of the nearby village, and that link with history makes it a bit special. Until recently, the base was derelict. But the site, now rechristened Hayfield Green, was an active airfield during the Second World War. It is notable for having been a departure point for Winston Churchill for the pivotal Casablanca conference. It, would also, it was also a starting point for a bomber raid on the German battleship Scharmhorst. Kelly Sharman, sales and marketing direct, director for developers Hayfield, said... We have been conducting a number of viewings for officers based at nearby RAF Brice Norton. Research scientists who are relocating out of London and Yorkshire to work at one of Oxfordshire's many science parks are also choosing to live here at Hayfield Green. Cotsway, the district's largest social housing provider, is providing 26 homes at the site. Two of their apartments, which are for affordable rent, and the carport a part of the refurbished bomber training building Colin Bloodworth of Cotsway said we're delighted to be adding this historically significant building to our property portfolio great attention to detail has ensured the conversion is of the highest standard and the new one-bed apartments make the most of the height of the former training building and are extremely spacious
0: Thank you, Mick. Our next item is being read by Marion.
3: Yes, Neighbours Opposed Design for a Placement of Sports Pavilion is the heading. Plans for a new pavilion on Carterton Recreation Ground have met with strong opposition from residents. Carterton Town Hall Council has applied for permission to build a pavilion with changing rooms for community sports clubs, a multi-use hall, a small function or meeting room And a kitchen on the site off Alverscott Road. The building would have toilets with external access and a space to change toilet and shower space for disabled users. There is an existing pavilion at the site, but it is dilapidated and uneconomical to maintain and repair, says the council. However, Among some 150 objections on West Oxfordshire District Council website, residents argue it would be better to upgrade or rebuild the existing pavilion. They say the new building is obtrusive and there is already a lack of green open space in the town. They add that the car parking is insufficient and there are more than enough cafes already in Carterton. Some also argue that the land was given to the people of Carterton for recreational use by the town's founder, William Carter. Councillor Lynn Little said, The recreation ground was given to the residents of Carterton as a green open space for the enjoyment of all and remains under that covenant. While I understand that the old cricket pavilion that also served as the food bank and changing rooms, is now very dilapidated, could we not look at the possibility of repair and add a toilet block? That was one of the main reasons the suggestion for a new build was put forward. Browns Hall could be proactive, she says, with its two committees and look at the viability to serve refreshments, especially through the summer months. This would be the preferred option from the amount of correspondence I have received from the residents in my ward. She had suggested for many years that a small splash park be installed and an updated play area that has a safety fence so that parents can enjoy picnics. And for many years, the past residents enjoyed concerts from the bandstand, something else to be enjoyed in the summer months. The Town Council states that the new building would provide a much-needed facility for the wider community by providing changing facilities for adults and children's outdoor sports, including football, hockey, rugby and cricket, it all in a central location. In addition, it could be used for indoor events, such as musical performances, dinners and dances and other community events. The Council says the proposed position of the building is close to the car park and away from the residential area so would allow functions to run into the evening and outdoors without causing disturbance and nuisance to residents.
0: Thank you Marion. Our next item is three short items which is which are going to be read by Mick.
3: Pubs may be
2: shut but there are plaudits for a couple of our locals. The Killingworth Castle at Woodton near Woodstock has been named one of the most photogenic ale houses in Britain. The pub, which has almost 9,000 followers on Instagram, came third in a poll of the most photographed hostelries on the social media site. The Mason's Arms at South Lee also made the top 10. The survey was carried out by Cheshire-based Holland's Country Clothing, whose manager, whose managing director Mark Holland noted the pain of not being able to go to the pub right now but said, we hope this will help highlight the truly amazing country pubs that are often the heart and soul of the community. Then we have uh, chimney fire sparks a warning. Firefighters were called out to tackle a chimney blaze at a house in North Lee last Thursday night. Oxfordshire Fire and Rescue later put out a Facebook message warning, it's important that occupiers get their chimneys swept and maintained at the end of the season. And now looking forward to perhaps uh, more freedom, Drive-In Movies Return to Blenheim. Cinema lovers can enjoy classics like Jaws, Grease and Jurassic Park when Lunar Drive-In Movies return to Blenheim Palace from May the 6th. The nightly programme also includes more recent blockbusters such as Rocket Man and The Greatest Showman. The films are shown on huge high-definition outdoor screens, with in-car digital sound. And there will be a click and collect food and drink service. Bookings are now being taken.
0: Thank you, Mick. Our next item, about a family that are thanking the NHS NHS for saving siblings' sight. sight. This is going to be read by Marion.
3: A grateful couple who praised the amazing NHS staff after they saved the sight of two of their young children will put their sports gear on for another year to raise much-needed cash for Oxford Children's Hospital. While the OX5 event may not be held at Blenheim Palace grounds this year due to the government-enforced lockdown, this is not going to stop fundraisers doing their bit to raise money by fund running. Lynn and Tom Hammond, who live in Woodstock, are taking part in the OX5 Run in Support of their two young children, Eliza, eight, and Charlie, two. Both children received life-changing surgeries at the Oxford Eye Hospital as they were both born with bio-interlateral cataracts, which meant that they had just 10% vision and it was a race to save their sight. Eliza underwent three major eye operations, to remove the lens from her eye and have it replaced with a clear plastic lens, called an intraocular lens. When Charlie was born, doctors discovered that the the form was far more progressive than Eliza's. Within two months, the newborn was undergoing the same operations as her sister. After multiple operations, both children started to recover, and the family will be eternally grateful for the support and care the hospital gave to both children and the families over the year. Last year, Team Eliza and Charlie raised £6,000 and became the top fundraisers for the charity. Since the family entered the OX5 for the first time, they have raised more than £15,000. Joe Baker of Oxford Hospital's charity said, It is great to have our top fundraising team, Eliza and Charlie, back with us for our virtual run. It's always inspiring when we have families who come back year after year to thank the amazing medical teams and help us fund some really important projects across our local children's hospital. Although this year is a little different, the idea remains the same and we are calling on local businesses community groups and families who have used the local children's hospital to get involved and make 2021 a year to remember. The Oxford Mail OX5 Run will take challenge runners to a five-mile route for the local charity. Fundraisers can walk, jog or run the event sponsored by Allen Associates all in aid of supporting Oxford Children's Hospital. They are asked to tackle a five mile route in their local area in line with the government guidelines. Entries cost £10 and those who sign up are encouraged to raise at least £200. The event is hugely important for the charity as it raises vital funds to make hospital more welcoming for thousands of local young patients. To find out more or sign up, please visit www.hospitalcharity.co.uk/ox5run.
0: Thank you, Marianne. And now we have a cheerful little ditty written by Pamers called "Yes, I'll Marry You, My Dear," and this is being read by Angela.
1: Yes, I'll marry you, my dear, and here's the reason why so I can push you out of bed when the baby starts to cry. And if we hear a knocking, and it's creepy and it's late, I hand you the torch, you see, and you investigate. Yes, I'll marry you, my dear. You may not apprehend it. But when the tumble dryer goes, it's you that has to mend it. You have to face the neighbour, should our Labrador attack him. And if a drunkard fondles me... It's you that has to whack him. Yes, I'll marry you. You're virile and you're lean. My house is like a pigsty. You can help to keep it clean. That sexy little dinner which you serve by candlelight. As I do chipolatas, you can cook it every night. It's you has to work the drill and put up the curtain track. And when I've got PMT, it's you who gets the flack. I do see great advantages. But none of them for you, and so before you see the light, I do, I do, I do.
0: Thank you. Now it's over to Mick again for another article about a lady called Pat who has her 90th birthday wish granted by her family.
2: A Whitney care home pulled out all the stops to make it a safe and memorable 90th birthday for resident Pat James. It was all go from the moment Pat woke up, with cards and gifts to open and a celebration in her honour at Middletown Grange. Manager Claire Gascoigne presented her with an individual birthday cake and a candle to blow out for making a wish. Pat, originally from County Roscommon in Ireland, is popular for telling stories and keeping the staff in fits of giggles, said Claire. Her birthday wish were to see family members, and the care home made it come true with close relatives popping into the home's Garden visitors pod during the day. Son Brian, known as BJ, presented his mum with two photographic albums filled with memories. She has not been able to put them down since. A final gift, which brought the biggest smile to Pat, was a visit by her new great-granddaughter, Tilly May. The care home managed to capture three generations in one socially distanced picture. Tilly May, Mum Abby and Pat's daughter Dee. Special thanks were given to chef Jadwiga Phipps for creating a scrumptious fresh cream birthday cake. Pat shared it with her friends in the home during afternoon tea. And Miss Gascoigne said she's a remarkable lady and such a popular resident who always has an interesting tale to tell.
0: Thank you, Mick. We're now going to hear a, an item from Talking News Federation Soundings, which is about the census, which will tell you what to do and what to look out for. TNF Soundings. Features from across the UK.
4: Hello, this is Anne with an item about the upcoming census on 21st of March 2021.
5: And this is Heather, and I'll give details at the end about the census phone lines that you can call if you need help to complete your form or need information in a format such as Braille or large print.
4: First of all, a message from the Office of National Statistics regarding the 2021 census. We will not call you for information about your census unless you've made an appointment with our contact centre or made a query or complaint. We will never ask you for your national insurance number, passwords, bank account details, or your credit or debit card numbers. Any emails from us will be sent from noreply at help.census.gov.uk. Any text you receive from us will be sent from Census 2021. If you text us, our responses will come from 86677. That's The 2021 census could be the last one ever to be carried out. The UK's National Statistician has revealed. Professor Sir Ian Diamond has said he's examining cheaper alternatives to the 10-yearly compulsory questionnaire delivered to every UK household. The census, which has been conducted for almost 200 years, provides valuable population information to help councils and the government plan services. But Sir Ian said he was hopeful data from other sources could replace it. Organisations such as local authorities and charities use census information to plan and fund the services we all need, including transport, education and healthcare. Without the census, it had been much more difficult to do this. For example, the London Fire Brigade, the LFB, is the fire and rescue service for London. In planning its services, the LFB does an assessment of risk across London. LFB uses census data and its own knowledge of the communities across the capital to accurately assess the risk level for each area. A big part of LFB's role is trying to prevent fires from happening in the first place, and to do this It's important to look at which areas and communities are most at risk of fires. With over 3.2 million homes in London, this is a difficult task. The Salvation Army uses census information to decide how and where it offers its services. The charity creates demographic profiles. The churches use these, along with local knowledge, to help understand the needs of people in their communities and give the best support they can. These profiles also help the Salvation Army decide on new areas where they may be able to offer support across England and Wales. Plus, they can provide important evidence in bids for funding.
5: And now here's some detail about how to get help or advice to complete your Census form. This year's Census is the first to encourage people to complete the survey online if they can. Each household will receive an access code in the post that will allow them to fill in the online form. But if it's difficult for you or anyone you know to complete the form online, there is help available. Remember that the census is compulsory. So if you need help taking part because of a visual impairment or other disability, you can request guidance and help in different formats. For example, a large print or braille questionnaire or material in different languages. Special census phone contact centres have been set up where census staff will be on hand to help you. These are operating Monday to Friday 8am to 8pm, Saturday 8am to 1pm and specially for the census weekend 20 to the 21st of March the centres will be open 8am to 8pm all day. If you live in England you can phone free on 0800 141 2021. That's, for England, 0800 141 2021. If you live in Wales, you can phone free on 0800 169 2021. And that has both Welsh and English speakers available. The number, again, for Wales is 0800 169 2021. If you need to speak about the census in another language... Call the free language helpline on 0800 587 2021. And that's for different languages 0800 587 2021. After Census Day itself on the 21st of March, Census officers may visit your home to offer help if you haven't yet completed the questionnaire. They will always identify themselves as being from the ONS and will carry an official ID badge. Census staff will never ask to enter your property. If a Census officer does need to visit you, they will be working Monday to Saturday between 9am and 8pm or on Sundays and bank holidays between 10am and 4pm.
0: TNF Soundings And now we have two short items which is going to be read by Marion.
3: Yes, the first is headlined Green Line Outline Sets Climate Challenges for District Future. A plan to tackle climate change on a local level through Western Oxfordshire has been agreed. Councillors at West Oxfordshire District Council unanimously passed a new climate change strategy. Presented at its full council meeting on February the 24th, the strategy will provide a broad framework for how the council's aims to tackle climate change on a local level will be achieved over the next four years. It sets out five key areas of focus, including protecting and restoring natural ecosystems, energy, active travel and low carbon transport, new development standards and education and engagement. These are areas the Council has identified as having the most impact in tackling climate change. David Harvey of West Oxfordshire District Council said, whether at a global or a local level, the window of opportunity to make a real and meaningful difference to tackle the climate and ecological emergency is shortening so we must act while our objectives are bold we are determined to lead by example and put climate considerations at the heart of all our decision-making processes and the second is a, a short item about tree chopping a row has broken out after west oxford district council cut back trees bushes and removed an entire hedgerow on the Deer Park estate in Whitney. Residents said the work should never be done in the spring because it destroys wildlife habitats and contradicts the council's declared intention to address the climate crisis.
0: Thank you, Marion. Next, we have an item about a family's stolen puppy, and this is going to be read to us by
1: Angela. (coughs) A missing puppy has been found after he was taken from a car in broad daylight, Milo's owner thought he had locked the car, but when he returned ten minutes later, the four and a half month dashound had been taken. Dio Davis said her husband had parked outside of Barclays Bank on Chippinghauten High Street on Wednesday at around midday. All the time, she explained, the family were on a mission gathering all the CCTV from nearby shops to track down the thief and police were called in to appeal for witnesses. Now, four days later, the puppy has been reunited with the Davis after he was found under a car at Kidlington, Sainsbury's. A woman got in touch with the family through social media where the missing dog posters have been shared. She left messages in the middle of the night that Mrs Davis couldn't get hold of her so tracked down her IP address using websites online and went to her house at 7am to collect her dog. She said, we are absolutely over the moon. We've had it all, even hope's calls, but we are so fortunate. It's a real happy ending. Thank you. Well,
0: we've had one story about a family's stolen puppy, and here's another heartwarming story about a puppy in Whitney.
2: Saturday morning on the Lees, the sun is shining and everyone is keeping their distance in the queue that meanders towards the coffee shed serving hatch, oblivious of the drama about to unfold. Thoughts of steaming lattes and delicious Danish pastries are suddenly interrupted by three breathless youngsters arriving hot foot from their home at the other end of Whitney. Excuse me, everyone, the tall teenage boy barks as loud and as politely as he can, while two slightly panic-stricken-looking girls, presumably his younger sisters, stand nervously by. Has anyone seen a white cocker spaniel with gold patches? The boy waves a bright yellow collar with lead attached. She's wearing one of these to show she's scared of people. She wouldn't bite, she'd just run away. Collar and lead are stamped in large black lettering. Nervous. Give me space. Which might just as easily apply to all of us lining up for our caffeine fix. Conversations halt. Eyes automatically scan the playing field where four-legged best friends, seemingly of every shape, like their owners, fetch and frolic and are fussed over. Heads shake. Sympathetic words are uttered. None of us has seen this anxious little pooch that has apparently taken fright and scarpered while on a walk around Ducklington Lake, with Dad. That's one father who is now in the doghouse, is the one thought that no doubt crosses all our minds. On the way back to Ducklington, we take the lake route, expecting to see a flash of white and gold at any moment. By the time we're home, social media is a buzz. Within barely an hour, all Whitney seems to be looking for the runaway. Hi, I see this dog running around Waitrose Car Park at about 12.30. Tried to catch her, but she was gone. Is one of many tantalising Facebook posts. I saw a spaniel that looked like your dog running past the swimming pool about 4pm, reports another. I stopped the car and ran after the dog. It ran over L'Angle. I couldn't catch it. This was fast turning into lassie come home hopes must have soared when someone posted small cream and beige spaniel has just run through whitney high street up to church green looks frightened i'd imagine someone is looking for it yes by this time half of west oxfordshire while the other half remains gripped by the drama on social media by evening there were sightings as far afield as North Lee and New Yacht. How could any of us enjoy Ant and Deck while fretting over a little lost cocker spaniel who's scared of her own shadow and still out there somewhere in the cold and dark? After going to bed with a sense of dread, Sunday morning brought blessed relief. At 5am it seemed as a muddy paw was heard scratching at a familiar door. From the grateful owners came this heartwarming news. Our spaniel made her way home this morning and is now safe and sound and well. Thank you so much for all of the sharing and support. We really appreciate it. And in uncertain times, it made our weekend.
0: That's great, Mick, thanks. And now it's quiz time. First of all, the answers to last week's quiz. Now, question one was, what name is given to the art of trimming shrubs and hedges into ornamental shapes? And the answer is? Topiary. Question two was, the young of which animal are referred to as joeys by Australians? And the answer is? Kangaroos. Question three. How many records are selected by each castaway on desert island discs? And the answer is? 8. Question 4. What was the full name of the character played by Ronnie Barker in the TV series Porridge? And the answer is? Norman Stanley Fletcher. And question 5. In which English county is most of the Forest of Dean located? And the answer is? Gloucestershire. Right, I hope you did well with those questions. So here are this week's teasers. Question 1. Which TV family owned a pet dragon called Spot? Question two. How many bottles of champagne are there in a Jeroboam? Question three. Appaloosa and Fallabella are both breeds of which animal? Question four. What is the state capital of West Virginia that gave its name to a dance? And question five. From which city was the Titanic launched? And the answers to these will be given to you next week. Now we come, well, though we're miles from the sea, we've got a tale that is read by Marion called A Mermaid's Tale.
3: Yes, A Mermaid's Tale of Saving a Cow. A mermaid who swam down the Thames to raise awareness of plastic pollution has written a book about how she rescued a cow during her journey. Lindsay Cole wore a mermaid's tail for some of the 200 mile swim from Lechlade, Gloucestershire to Teddington, southwest London. On the way, she collected tons of plastic to highlight how we are choking marine life. She was accompanied by a support boat manned by artist Barbara de Mowbray, carrying a giant mermaid sculpture made from plastic bottles. On the stretch between Cullum and Swinbrook, she encountered a cow stuck in the water and called firefighters to rescue the stricken animal. She recalled, Along the way, I rescued a cow just outside Oxford. She'd fallen in over the course of the night and was right up to her neck in water. It was November and the water was six degrees. Six firemen came to haul her out with their hose, where she was met by a vet and reunited with her calf the next day miss cole has now written and illustrated a children's book called the mermaid and the cow based on what happened she has been reading the story dressed in her tail to schools and children online during lockdown she said it's a fun adventure tale about a mermaid who goes on a quest to clean her river of plastic and subsequently makes an unlikely friend along the way. It has an eco-message, which is why children and their parents like it, and it has tips and activities in the back to help children be more environmentally conscious. Adventurer Miss Cole has also cycled 6,500 miles from Cairo to Cape Town to catch the FIFA World Cup in 2010. And she's run 250 miles to Manchester carrying a ukulele to Busk to earn her train fare home and roller skated in Paris while learning French. She had also roller skated to Bude in a nude suit because it rhymed. (laughs) But she said, I was sick from nerves and couldn't eat for two days. The first two days were long and I had to walk bits. Now she has plans to combine her aquatic adventures with writing. I now have plans to do a series of mermaid adventure swims linked with environmental themes accompanied with children's books. The next book is called The Mermaid and the Polar Bear and I'm swimming in one kilometre in Svarsbad in the Arctic, Norway to see how climate change has affected polar bears' habitat.
0: Thank you, Marion. Our next item is about an MP's ice cream trip and will be read by Mick.
2: And the headline is MP's ice cream trip leaves sour taste for critics. Whitney MP Robert Courts has been criticised after he went to get an ice cream with his family. Writing on Facebook, Mr Courts said, Went for a walk with the family in the beautiful spring weather at the weekend. Woodstock, as ever, looking beautiful in the sun. There are some fantastic small shops that are well worth visiting if you can. The kids and their parents love the ice creams and pastries at the wonderful Alfonso Gelateria. Whilst if you're after something for the Sunday roast, I can highly recommend the Woodstock Butchers. Commenting, some constituents were under the impression he had made a non-essential journey and had travelled out of his, quote, local area both banned by the government in lockdown. One person said, "Does that mean we can all go out for a walk about in neighbouring towns?" But defending him, one person said that as he lives in Bladen, Woodstock was still local.
0: Thank you, Mick. And now we have our reflection, and this is a reflection again by Frank Topping, who is a well-known broadcaster and author. And it's called Panic. Lord of the Morning I don't know why, but sometimes I feel a panic rising inside me. I know it's irrational, yet some days I'm afraid. The letter that falls on the doormat, the sudden ringing of the telephone fills me with fear. I'd like to escape, to run away, but there's nowhere to run, except to you. Lord of life, why do I anticipate the worst, when time and time again the worst never happens? Even when it does, life goes on, and every day comes to an end. Lord, help me to overcome my fears. In this brief moment of reflection, calm my mind. Help me to relax. Let your comforting spirit enter into me, and fill me with peace. In this hour, open my eyes to all things that you have given, that help support and lift troubled minds. Let me find joy in the beauty of a single flower, a branch of a tree, or the vast embracing sky. Help me to hear the love that lies in the ordinary words of friends and family, to remember the words of guidance that wait for me in the rarely opened Bible or prayer book. I know your love will lift me up. Help me to trust you. Lord. Help me to be thankful that yesterday's problems have passed. Help me to measure day, not by the difficulties I might meet, but by the good things the day will bring. Help me to know that this day will be full of gifts. Give me the knowledge that no matter what happens, today or any day, nothing can separate me from you and your love. Lord of the morning, help me. And now we have an item about extra JR ICU beds and this again is going to be read by Mick.
2: An urgent proposal for a new intensive care unit which will triple the number of beds in Oxford for seriously ill patients will go ahead despite issues over the lack of parking. Oxford University Hospital's NHS Trust's Plans to erect a five-storey building with 32 more beds on the John Radcliffe Hospital site were approved by Oxford City Council's East Area Planning Committee last Wednesday. The hospital currently has 16 dedicated ICU beds for adults. However, many more have been used during the pandemic. Dr David Gary, consultant in intensive care and anaesthetics, told the meeting of the huge benefit this project would bring to Oxford and the whole county. He said it has been utterly humbling to see what staff around the country and what I've witnessed locally, so this will just be a transformative project. It is important to mention the lack of critical care capacity we have in the UK. We have five times less than in Germany and about three times less than in Italy. These extra beds will not gather dust during the pandemic. They will be a very good use for all of the patients. One of the only objections against the development was the loss of 15 disabled parking spaces. An amendment in the planning application now ensures that they are saved and instead 15 non-disabled spaces are cut, which Councillor Elizabeth Wade called a serious problem. Ms Wade commented this could stop nursing staff from uh, for instance for coming from Bicester or Whitney to do a late night shift. I also know that at the moment it is very difficult for staff at JR to find parking spaces so they often have to arrive long before their shift to get one like 7am to start work at 8.30am. I think this is going to make the situation more difficult when this new unit starts unless we resolve the parking situation and it does not seem to have been addressed really. But Councillor John Tanner was thrilled with the proposal. He said this is excellent news for Oxford and the plan was long overdue because of the
0: shortage of ICU beds. Thank you Mick. Well from uh, problems with parking at the hospital to further problems about road closures and this article is going to be read by Angela.
1: Several roads across Oxfordshire will be closed off this month after traffic orders were issued. Roads will be closed for a variety of reasons, including maintenance, work and repairs. These closures are among a series of public notices issued by local authorities across the county. Thames Water Excavations Oxfordshire County Council has issued a traffic order Prohibiting traffic in Skipit Lane, Ramsden. The order came into force on Monday and was introduced due to Thames Water main excavations in Skipit Lane. These are anticipated to be completed by March 30th. The order will operate between 8am and 5pm. Appropriate traffic signs will be displayed to indicate when the measures are in force. Maintenance work. A section of the A40 will be closed, while carriageway maintenance work takes place. Cheltenham Road in Burford will see traffic prohibited between Tannis Lane and Burford roundabouts. This order comes into force on March 19th, with the work expected to take 10 days to be completed between the hours of 7.30 and 5am.
0: Thank you. Our next item is about About lockdown lockdown rule breakers breakers. and will be read by by Marion.
3: More than 200 fines have been handed to people breaking lockdown rules in Oxfordshire already this year. Thames Valley Police Chief Constable John Campbell said at this point in the pandemic, nearly a year on from the first lockdown, people know the rules. So, Where officers might have been telling them to go home and giving them a second chance, they are now fining people who are obviously flouting the law without a reasonable excuse. Mr Campbell said, We are definitely seeing more fines than in the first lockdown. From the start of the year to the end of the first week in February alone, police officers issued 212 fixed penalty notices to people in Oxfordshire across the three counties in the force area 974 tickets have been issued in 2021 that is more than were handed out across the Thames valley in the whole of last year when between march 27th and december the 20th fixed penalty notices were issued for everything from not wearing a mask to meeting up for parties On Valentine's Day, a group of 12 were caught having a meal in Oxford together at a house on Sandy Lane West. Responding directly to that group, Mr Campbell said it was right that they were all slapped with a fine because it was outrageous and selfish. But he said, the fines are not means tested and instead are a flat fee for everybody, as set out by the government. Last year fixed penalty notices were upped from £60 to £200 to act as a stronger deterrent. Adults can now be fined £200 for a first offence which can be halved if paid within 14 days. For a second offence it is £400 and then it is doubled for each lockdown breach thereafter up to £6,400. Large parties can also be shut down police, with fines of up to £10,000. The chief said fines were mostly for people meeting in big groups, breaking the rule of two for outside exercises and not having a reasonable excuse to be outside. A handful of the fines were for people breaking quarantine rules after a holiday, not self-isolating when told to, or businesses staying open. He added that the lockdown had dampened violent crime rates across the force area. Violence with injury has dropped by 17%, robbery by 37% and burglary by 47% and 20% more crime has been solved. He put the drop in burglary down to people working from home and burglars being spotted in areas because of the tighter restrictions but he expects more crime to be reported as lockdown eases.
0: Thank you, And Now we come to the family announcements and the deaths that have been reported in the Whitney Gazette. First is Keith Basson of Whitney, who died on the 5th of March, aged 65 years. He died peacefully at home. Next, Paul Camping, And there are no details given about him at all, about his age or when he died, but he um, passed away peacefully uh, with his wife Carol by his side. Edith Edwards passed away peacefully on the 28th of February 2021, aged 94, and she came from Minster Lovell. Susan Glover, aged 74, died suddenly on the 16th of February 2021, and she came from Whitney. Pamela Lockie passed away suddenly on the 24th of February, aged 86 years, and she also came from Whitney. Michael Walker passed away peacefully at home on the 3rd of March 2021, aged 85 years, and he also came from Whitney. And that's all the deaths that are reported, and our condolences go to their families and friends.
1: Next, we have three short items, which are going to be read by Angela. County ranks fifth for regional CO2 emissions. Oxford has been ranked fifth in the southeast which traffics CO2 emissions. The figures have been studied by SabonEnergy.com on which local authority in England produces the most or least CO2 per driver of a lifetime. Oxford ranks 33rd in England with traffic CO2 emissions 34% lower than the national average. Outrunning ambulances. The South Central Ambulance Service is urging people to go the extra mile to see if they can cover more miles on foot than an emergency ambulance does in one shift. In Oxford, Emergency ambulances cover ninety-six miles per shift. Participants are encouraged to run, walk, or cycle more than ninety-six miles between March the first and May the thirty-first. It is hoped the challenge will raise more than one thousand pounds for the South Central Ambulance Service work. Fundraising page can be set up at JustGiving.com campaign. SCAS. COVID-19 security drive. West Oxfordshire District Council has teamed up with a housing safety executive to ensure businesses in the area are COVID secure. During checks, advice and guidance will be provided to manage risk and protect workers, customers and visitors but where businesses are not managing this the Council and HSE will take immediate action.
0: Thank you. Well, that's all we have time for and I hope you've enjoyed the items that we have been uh, reading this evening. We hope to be back in the Methodist Church once uh, lockdown uh, arrangements permit, but until then we will be remaining on remote recording. And it really remains for me to thank the Whitney Gazette for the stories we've used tonight and also the Talking News Federation for the item on the census. Thanks also to our technical expert, Rob Oxpring, and to our readers, Mick Walsh, Marion Pomeroy and Angela James. And until next week, we'd like to say goodbye. Goodbye.
2: Goodbye.